What role does Indigenous knowledge play in fighting climate change? And who's Greta Thunberg working on a new book with? Hey y'all, welcome to the Climate Recap from the Beckosphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hoke, a science writer. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with some new studies. A new report made by the World Resources Institute and Climate Focus emphasizes the importance of protecting Indigenous peoples' rights as an essential solution to meeting the Paris climate goal of keeping warming under 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. According to the report, forests owned by Indigenous groups in Brazil, Colombia, Mexico, and Peru take up twice as much carbon as other lands. A United Nations report found that areas owned by tribes were 50% less deforested on average than other lands. We have so much to learn from indigenous people on how to properly take care of our planet. Over in India, a massive fire started near the Pavardi Valley Tuesday worries glaciologists because the valley is home to 279 glaciers. One researcher said he hasn't seen anything like it at that high of an altitude in his 40-year career. 84 fire incidents have been reported in that area over the last two days. It's one of the regions in the world heating up faster than the average. Now over to climate victories. The United Nations launched a group to look into net zero plans in an effort to prevent greenwashing. It will be a group of 16 who will look at pledges and plans from companies, banks, investors, cities, and regions. Meanwhile, the European Union announced that it will do whatever it takes to rebuild its industry for manufacturing parts of solar installations in order to reach its goal of getting two-thirds off of Russian fossil fuel by 2027. They plan to have a draft of how it will get done by May. Over in the U.S., the Interior Department is tapping into $420 million from the infrastructure bill to improve water infrastructure in New Mexico, Minnesota, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Iowa, as the western mega drought makes conditions worse. The project will include updating and adding water treatment plants, pipeline connections, pump systems, and reservoirs for urban and tribal communities. The Biden administration also ruled out new fuel efficiency rules to cut down on fossil fuel dependency, particularly from Russia. The new rules increase efficiency requirements for car models introduced in 2024 to 2026 to be 8% higher than current standards. Transportation is the U.S.'s largest emitting sector. And the Y Combinator's demo day last week focused exclusively on climate change-related startups, funding 31 startups at $500,000 each. Y Contributor is one of the most respected startup accelerators in Silicon Valley, producing companies like Airbnb and Coinbase. This is one of the most climate-concentrated cohorts so far. Y Combinator has funded 91 climate-related startups to date. Now on to climate fails. A coal-fired power plant in Amsterdam has decided to back out of a deal that they made with the Dutch government to be paid subsidies to shut down sooner. It will join the other three coal-fired plants in the country scheduled to close down in 2030. The Narabri coal mine in New South Wales got the final approval for a $400 million expansion. Local farmers and environmentalists have been pushing against this project, which will make the mine the dirtiest in Australia. 
Australia has had a clean energy boom over the last few years, though, with renewable energy doubling since 2017 and now representing 32.5% of the electricity supply. Clean energy now generates 1.6 times the electricity used by Australian households, according to the Clean Energy Council, and battery storage had a big year this year. All this seems to be despite the Prime Minister Morrison's pro-fossil fuel stance. Unfortunately, though, the clean energy boom in the continent seems to be fading as investors lose confidence in the government's interest in transitioning its energy supply. Morrison's government has reportedly been unorganized in supporting and deploying clean energy. And for some chemical news, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency voted against limiting perchlorate in drinking water, even though it has been shown to lead to developmental damage in fetuses and children, resulting in a measurable drop in IQ among children exposed. Instead of limiting the chemical, the EPA says that it will do more to monitor and clean up known contaminated sites, leaving it up to states to regulate, which California and Massachusetts have already done. High concentrations of perchlorate have been found in 26 states, often in places near military installations where it is used as an additive in rocket fuel to make propellants more reliable. And one last positive story to end on a high note. Climate activist Greta Thunberg announced she plans to publish a go-to source book on the climate crisis with the help of climate scientists Johan Rockström and Catherine Hayhoe, economist Thomas Piketty, novelist Margaret Atwood, and almost 100 other contributors. The book, called The Climate Book, will be published by the company Penguin in the UK in October 2022 and in the US in early 2023. And that was your climate news for the day. If you like the work I do, please consider giving this a five-star rating, leaving a review, and checking out the Becosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.